Do you run your own freelance business? Or maybe you're thinking about picking up some business on the side. Well, then you need FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the quickest and easiest way to get invoices out to your clients. It's easy to use. It works anywhere, available from any device, uh, on the desktop, iPhone, iPad, Android, and all of your data is backed up and secure. And it makes it really easy to get organized and get paid. You'll be tracking time, logging expenses, and invoicing your clients in no time. You can also save time billing, freeing up several days per month to focus on the work that you love, and you get paid faster. FreshBooks customers are paid on average five days faster because there's a link on the invoice that says pay me now. And it's a great way to grow your business. Plus, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day trial. That's right, 30-day trial if you try them out. So go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter devchat in the how did you hear about us section. Once again, for a 30-day trial, go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter devchat in the how did you hear about us section. Hello and welcome to episode 308 of The Freelancer Show. I'm Jonathan Stark and today I'm joined by guest Josiah Mori. Josiah, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Jonathan. Great to, great to be here. Awesome. So could you tell folks a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, so I my name is uh, Josiah Mori, and I um, have a company called Kicking Back Productions, and I primarily help e-commerce companies in specifically on the Shopify platform increase their sales by talking with their customers and finding um, ways through those conversations to improve both their website as well as um, marketing and different you know essentially strategies to use those to increase their sales. Excellent. Everybody likes more sales. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Cool. Okay. Uh, So I know we we talked a little bit before the show and you Mm -hmm. mentioned that you kind of, correct me if I'm wrong, but you kind of got into this or you learned from that from, you learned that from sort of doing this with your own clients uh, as a freelancer. Yeah. So I basically started freelancing about, um, just under uh, just under a year, um, I started I started doing that, and I, I started kind of from from ground zero, where I was just offering services. You know, I, I guess by skill, I'm a a developer, um, and through listening to many you know podcast episodes and e- reading many emails between um, yourself and uh, Philip and, and just, man, I mean, it feels like <laughs> all the stuff that's out there, mm-hmm. um, knew that I was offering a skill and not really a business outcome. Right. Mm-hmm. And began looking for, you know, one, a place to specialize and two, um, a way to really tie that to, to business outcomes. And, I basically began talking to um, some different industries and and looking back at the clients that I had and then began to really use that to inform, um, my, the, the kind of the path that this took for me. Mm. Um, and I, I realized very quickly that we often, especially as, as freelancers, I see this often is we're looking for the kind of the new thing, the new, um, the new and shiny <laughs> and often aren't looking at uh, the, the 
clients that we already have and the um, people that we're already serving and are happy with what we're doing. And oftentimes we're even happy working with them. And yet that's not where we're looking to see how we can better reach and find people um, like the ones we enjoy working with. Mm, yeah. I mean, it'll come as no surprise to anyone listening that this is, I'm a big fan of this approach. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, find people who you like working with and work with them more and find people that are like them and have them introduce to people like them. So, mm-hmm. okay. So how would, how would somebody, this is going to sound like a silly question, I suppose, but I know a lot of people struggle with it. How do you open the door to a conversation like that with an existing client? Yeah, I think that there are kind of several different ways you can go about it. The, the, the way that I like the most is, is to just in, you know, I generally have, uh, or, you know, every other week checking calls with different clients that I have. And oftentimes things will just come up in their conversations. I'm interested to find out where they're learning things. Um, sometimes they'll send me over an article that they might think I've, I'll find interesting mm. and that will in itself inform me of like where they're getting their information and where right. they're listening to, um, you know, who they're, who they see as authorities as well. Um, and, and really beginning to look at those things critically rather than just, uh, you know, kind of passing them off or just like, Oh yeah, that's, Thanks. That's cool. (laughs) Um, but really beginning to dig into those, those conversations. And, um, oftentimes the one that I, I, the thing that I do the most is allowing the conversation to conversations that I have to flow and get off quote unquote business things, you know, get off the to-do list that we have, um, coming up or the things that we want to accomplish right away and here and there be okay with it going into a little bit of life or a little bit of about their frustration with their business today. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I like, I don't, I'm not even looking for it. Oftentimes now I, it just kind of comes up. Right. Um, But to, to start off, to start off with, if you're looking to, I guess, begin to prompt those conversations, um, a great way is to just begin asking specifically about their business and you as you find out what they want to do, figure out why they want to do it and like hear where they um, heard that that was a good idea because all that begins to help you understand where more of those people lie. Mm, Yeah. So a couple of things I want to call out about that. Uh, One is that when, you know, just to pick a specific example, you said, oh, you know, a client sends me a link to some article. Let's say it's on, you know, it's uh, at TechCrunch. Let's just pick something Mm -hmm. at random. So, okay, great. They've told you that they're interested in this, the specific content of the article, or they think you might be interested in it, but they've also told Mm -hmm. you that they read TechCrunch, like as you pointed out. And that piece of metadata, a lot of of people are probably getting that kind of information from clients, but they're just sort of blind Mm -hmm. to it. They don't see any, it doesn't rise to the level of of their attention or a conscious level. They're just like, oh, thanks for the link, you know, cool article. And it's an opportunity. Yeah, go ahead. and the the tendency to be like, especially if you've seen it already, be like, oh, yeah, like, of course, that's a great article or almost to kind of dismiss it mm-hmm. or, oh, it doesn't really fit me. But there's like so much context around them sending that to you. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it, it they opened up a conversation. You could say maybe you could say, yeah, I read that. What what was the, your favorite part mm-hmm. or what did you find most interesting about it? Or was there do you think you'll be able to apply this to your business? Or do you usually read TechCrunch or did this just come across your radar on Twitter or something? 
There's mm-hmm. a, a million questions you could send back to kind of get to know them better, understand their their reading habits. Yeah. Another thing you there's like two other things I want to call out because you get a sure. lot of good information yeah. in there. Uh, another thing is to, you know, it, it's not a bad thing to let a meeting, as you put it, get off track a little bit. I, I think especially mm-hmm. at the beginning of the end of meetings, I used to be mm-hmm. really, really sort of militant or, you know, Mr. Spockish about like, okay, we came here for this meeting. Let's talk about what we were supposed to talk about and get out of the meeting. Mm-hmm. And I would notice it wasn't always the old timers, but it's usually the older people. They'd start off with like, oh, what did you do this weekend? And how's the weather there? And oh, I went to my mm-hmm. kid's soccer game. And it used to drive me crazy because, <laughs> right? Because I was like, you know, we're here. I'd be on the clock. I've got other things to do. I need to get right. out of here. I'm probably not going to bill for this meeting. Right. And and I was completely blind to the fact that that is the way humans build a relationship with each other mm-hmm. is like sort of shooting the breeze about other stuff before you get down to business. And once I recognized the value of it, I was it, it sort of allowed me to relax into it. And and that's where, you know, you're these things are what am, what am I trying to say? Freelancers who are in meetings like this, which they surely are. If you're freelance with right. someone, you must be having meetings with them periodically. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's a mistake to kind of gloss over that stuff. And again, like let it just sort of wash over you instead of paying it, actually paying attention and, mm-hmm. and perhaps being an active listener. And then, you know, they might reveal some information about, Oh, you know, I don't know. Uh, so this thing online, Oh, where did you hear about that? Or did somebody send that to you? Or, Oh, you went to that conference where there are a lot of people there. Did you, did you like it? Uh, have you ever been before? This is super interesting and important kind of, you get, if you want to think about it transactionally, it's kind of like doing market research, but it's really more like just having a conversation and actually paying attention to what's going on there and giving yourself the freedom to connect with this other person. Uh, who's giving you money, by the way, <laughs> right. and and hopefully that you like and would like to meet more of. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing, sorry, one more thing. Yeah, you, totally. you had so much in there. Uh, a, a great question to ask, and I get this from Anthony English. Uh, it just say, how's business? Hey, how's business? That's it. Mm-hmm. And then shut up and let them like <laughs> talk, 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 talk. And if they just say, oh, great. What about you? Then Then fine, move on. But, you know, you'd be surprised how many people will just brain dump uh, when you say that, you know, walk into a dry cleaner next time you next time you go into a dry cleaner or a coffee shop and you're sort of mm-hmm. like there's that five second pause between, you know, they're finishing the ringing you up or whatever. Just say, ah, how's business instead of yeah. like, instead of how's it going? Like, how's business? And yeah. you'll be surprised. You'll get all sorts of interesting information. And if you're if you are open to that sort of thing, you can have a really good, quick, little, meaningful conversation. Yeah, I think that's I think that's um, great advice. The I, I love the house business thing because it's so uh, it's just so simple. Um, mm-hmm. But and and I, I mean, you say this all the time. People love to talk about themselves and love to talk about what they're concerned with and you know the things that oftentimes uh, you know I think your your thing is even even their spouses don't want to hear sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or, or overhearing. So someone, over it, yeah. someone showing interest, um, and being there to actively listen, like it's, it's actually so easy in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. It can be cathartic for them. And mm-hmm. it's, it's interest. I mean, 
I, I hate to make it, I don't want to make it sound like, oh, and it's great information for you. Like you're spying on them and you trick them into telling you stuff about their business and their needs. It's not really like that. It's like, right. no, it's like just being an interested person and, mm-hmm. and actually listening and not just waiting for your next turn to talk. Yeah. And really developing a friendship, right? If you were in, if this was a friend, you have those types of conversations with friends all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Like where you are listening to how they feel about something or things that they're trying to figure out in life. It just is slightly different, you know? Um, but at, at, a, at that moment you are really just, it's really about being human and, um, developing, developing that relationship further aside from the, the money. But in the end, like it can really inform great ways to go about finding, um, finding out where clients like them can be more clients like them can be for you. Hmm. Okay. So, so let's actually segue into that a little bit. What sorts of things have you noticed, uh, have come out of this for you sort of tangible or intangible outcomes that you've experienced since you started interacting in this way? Yeah. So the, the first thing that, you know, like I said, I started from grant ground kind of zero, um, knowing that I had a client in the Shopify space and, um, and, you know, in, in e-commerce and wanted to explore that. And so I first started off by exploring Facebook groups. Um, there's a lot of them out there for Shopify. It was kind of something that drew me to the niche, um, itself is that they're somewhat accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I began interacting with, with different people, um, it, through these groups, I found that so we, we kind of would have back and forth. So I'd provide some value. Um, you know, I was doing a lot of research at the time, trying to just learn more about the space in general. And so as I would come across things, I'd throw different resources out. Or, um, if someone had a specific question and I had come across something recently, I'd toss them the link to the article or, um, you share what knowledge I could and inevitably those led to conversations. And mm-hmm. what I, um, very quickly found that while they were in the same niche, they weren't what I would refer to as ideal clients. Um, a lot of them were, and, and I'm sure there are some that, that were, but, but many were in the more beginning stages of their business mm-hmm. and not looking to hire, um, someone to much less, um, you know, down the road to optimize, you know, sales, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of more where, you know, I can come in and, and really provide that value. And so I began going back to, uh, my clients and, um, having conversations with them, uh, my current clients to, f- to find out where, where they were hanging out and where they were, um, again, what they were reading, what they were listening to, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I found that they were, they were listening more to podcasts and things like that. They were not often in these types of Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. Um, they were listening to things that were somewhat obvious, like, 
you know, the Shopify partners blog and stuff like that. But they were in other places that were slightly less obvious, like HubSpot's blog, because marketing is important to them. Hmm. And Crazy Eggs um, posts, uh, which is a conversion optimization um, tool. Mm -hmm. And the kind of they were going to local meetups that were entrepreneur and, and somewhat e-commerce based. And so the, that's where I began putting a lot of my effort and I think has, have really, um, had more success than just spinning my wheels in, um, the Facebook groups like that. Once I kind of realized that it wasn't just, um, that there were a lot of people that weren't ready for what I had to offer there. Mm, interesting. Okay. So what, what steps would you take after you found out something like, oh, they're, you know, oh, my ideal buyers are listening to the Shopify partners podcast or they're reading crazy egg. Like what, what, Mm. what next? So, uh, for me specifically, some of this is still like in the works of what I'm beginning to do and what I'm beginning to, um, you go after essentially is, Mm -hmm. is getting on podcasts that are in front of them. Um, reaching out these, these, a lot of these blogs and, um, the content that these bigger companies are putting out are, um, very much aggregated content from lots of different authors. So they're looking for, they're looking for those, for people to, to write essentially. Mm -hmm. And if you're willing to, um, you know, write up a 2000 to 5,000 word article, on, you know, a topic that, that's interesting to you in that space, like you can definitely pitch that and get in front of them um, and get in front of more of your ideal customer. Mm-hmm. Um, the easiest thing with the least <laughs> the least amount of work, but the slower, I would say the slower relationship uh, or the slower trust builder is just the thing that I started with immediately was going to some more of these local meetups local, um, you know, places where I knew entre- entrepreneurs would be and just providing value where I could, you know, if people had questions, if, um, things came up, uh, generally people would go to them because they have questions about something in the space. Hmm. And with the amount of research that I was doing, I usually had come across some resource that at least answered the question a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if, you know, there were a couple of times where I would just come back and go like, oh, I, I know I read that an article on this. And I was like, well, it kind of answered the question. Let me do a five minute Google search and see if I can find anything else mm-hmm. and just shoot it on over the next day. It was a great way to follow up yep. um, and say like, hey, we met, you know, um, it was awesome, you know, getting to know you and hearing a little bit about your business. Um, and it was a great way to provide value and begin to build that trust with them. Um yeah. So those are, those are ways kind of tangible ways that it has, um, helped me in kind of strategies that I've used so far to really begin leveraging that, the information that I've received. Hmm. Cool. Tell me a little bit more about, uh, the in-person local meetups so that the people that are there, your customer, what is, what does your customer look and feel like? Is it, uh, are they, they're not, I'm assuming they're not technically savvy, not that technically savvy. Is that correct? Or are they, um, they? they may, I would say they are technically, they, they're technical dabblers, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, with, with a lot of variance, like oftentimes they might not, it might not scare them to, to, 
um, look at a little bit of CSS or, you know, a little bit of HTML. Um, but the minute that things start going wrong, mm-hmm. they kind of don't know what went wrong, right. <laughs> if that makes sense. Sure. Um, so, you know, it's kind of that, it's kind of that, that border of, um, knowing, knowing enough to be dangerous. Yeah. Uh, generally speaking, they are, you know, kind of in the, I would say mid 30 ish to 40 range. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that tends to be around, but there have been um, amazingly, you know, e-commerce has, has been around for a while and there have been some people that I, some clients that I've uh, worked with and just people that I've met that are, have been in the e-commerce space for a long time. Mm. Um, you know, e-commerce and it's kind of in the kind of beginnings of what, what that looked like. Right. Um, I think the important point is that they're not, it, it's not a meetup of your colleagues, like other people who ah, do yeah. what you do. It's a great point. Yeah. yeah. So, cause I, I find that, you know, obviously birds of a feather flock together and folks are probably used to going to, you know, web developers go to web developer conferences where other sure, web developers yeah. go. And, and the problem with that is, you know, 90% of the time, unless you're selling to your colleagues, which is not unheard of, but it's usually not the norm. Uh, that's really not the, um, not a place you're going to find new potential customers. So, uh, yeah. for some people, it might be a little bit out of their comfort zone to do something like you did, you know, go to a meetup that's not really directed at you, but is directed at the kinds of people who use, mm-hmm. you know, stand to benefit from working with you. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I think that, um, while, um, meetups or any, any type of event that is, that have people that look very similar to me and talk very similar to me while I might do go to one here or there, um, I try to keep in mind that that is something that is for me personally <laughs> right. and not for the business and almost to some extent limit how many of those I am involved with because, you know, we all have a limited amount of time. Mm. Um, and ultimately I want to be in places, like you said, that are, that have a lot of people that look a lot less like me and talk a lot less like me. Um, and more, I mean, at this point I have an idea of what, what my ideal client looks for and the things that they're concerned about. And if they're talking about business, um, goals, if they're talking about, how they get more customers, how they get more sales. Those, those are words to me that sound like my target client. If they're talking about how to adjust, um, you know, CSS or how to fix a theme or how to, uh, work with JavaScript or that begins to somewhat send off alarm bells. Um, there's always some kind of overlap there, but you know, it's always a, it's always a balance between those two things for sure. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Deploy more, pay less with DigitalOcean, the simplest all-in-one cloud computing platform for developers. Scale and run cloud applications faster and more efficiently with effortless administration tools to robust compute, flexible configurations, networking services, real-time alerts, and rapid provisioning while enjoying industry-leading price-to-performance with a flat pricing structure across all global data center regions at any usage volume. Spend more time building better web apps and less time worrying about managing infrastructure with DigitalOcean. 
Build your next app on DigitalOcean. Get started with a free $100 credit at do.co slash freelancers. Oh, cool. Okay, so um, couple thing, another couple of things that as you're, as you're talking are popping into my mind. Um, mm-hmm. One of the, uh, I think it's a, a, a term popularized or created by Amy Hoy, this notion of doing a sales safari. Is that something that's familiar to you? Yeah. Um, vaguely, I've, I've never gone through it or like read through specifically what mm. she talks about, but I know the concept. Yeah. It's basically what you're describing. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's sort of a great real world example of that sort of finding the plate, you know, she uses this sort of safari metaphor where, okay, we're going to like lurk through the jungle and, <laughs> and kind of, you know, sit in the, sit in the, in the bushes like, uh, <laughs> You know, like a scientist and kind of take yeah. notes on our potential buyers or ideal clients kind of congregating around the watering hole. So mm. it takes, I think it's, um, it's pretty easy to do that online if they congregate online, like you're talking yeah. about. And you found that, oh, look, uh, the kind of people that hang out in Facebook groups, really, that's not my, that's not yeah. my group, uh, at least not right now with the products and services that you currently offer. Right. But yeah. And then, you know, and then, and then having the sort of a hood spot to go to an in-person event where they can act, you know, coming out of the bushes, so they can actually mm-hmm. see and meet you. Um, I know not everybody's comfortable with that, but it, it's certainly effective if you're going to the right kinds of events, it doesn't scale that great, of course. So you want right. to be a little bit mm-hmm. careful to, you know, you want to keep going back to one that's not, you know, like you said, where everybody's just talking about hex codes. Uh, yeah. It's not as interesting, not as useful. Yeah. And I think that the sales of art concept definitely makes a lot of, of sense depending on who you are and kind of, I I think I came to it well after hearing um, yourself and uh, yourself on actually on the freelancer show, talk about kind of your transition to focusing on credit unions. Mm. Um, And so to me, it sounded a little bit like wrapping a, a, you know, putting something that was just very seemed a little bit natural in a kind of cutesy name and that just didn't <laughs> yeah. resonate as much with me. Right. But the concept is is the same. Um, I do. I do think it is important to quickly begin interacting with people, though. I agree with uh, that. I, I think that I think that lurking in the bush is is not that it doesn't work, mm-hmm. but and maybe if you're just a huge introvert. And you're planning on making a product, not offering a service, then I think it's fine. But if you're if you're going to be offering a service, you might as well get better. I mean, it's a service business is a relationship business, so you know you can't be just total you know neck beard barricaded in the basement. It just right. You know you're not going to. You can get staff all gigs like that and be a remote worker and people mm-hmm. will tell you what to do. And yes, you can make money like that. But if you want to kind of grow your business into, you know, a SaaS or like productized services or just straight up services or a mix of info products and services, and you're going to need to like get some facility with dealing with other humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so seriously. I, I agree with you. I, I think that uh, I think I got this from Kai Davis. Uh, you know, optimizing for conversations, optimizing your schedule around conversations. So how can I have more mm-hmm. conversations? Because I know that the more conversations I have, the more clients I'm going to end up with because mm-hmm. I'm going to learn more about them, which is going to allow me to 
be smarter and be able to serve mm-hmm. them better, which is going to make me more attractive to them, which is going to make them to want to talk to me more, which, you know, it's this virtuous right. cycle. And, and it's a leading indicator that you can control. So you can say, yeah. you can say, oh, I want to double my sales this year. Well, that's a lagging indicator. That happens after that's the result of some action you took. It's not an action that you can take. So you need to think, well, what actions might lead to that? What leading indicators might result in that lagging indicator, that bottom line improvement? And, you know, I can't think of a better thing than having more conversations. What, you know, right. if it's over email, fine, but or, or the phone. But in some sort of back and forth near real time, if possible, to get, uh, you know, if not real time is I can't think of a faster way to take action to improve your business. I I can't agree more. And, and you know, you say it can happen a little bit over email. And I would almost say, I mean, the start can. The start, I, yeah. I, I highly encourage the, the beginnings. If you only limit yourself always to the people that you know it's it's you're gonna end up with a short list and there are lots of people out there that you can definitely contact via email but i um i I think back now often to um i don't know if if you know uh, listen whether all who's kind of in the same general space and one of the things that really resonated with me that he said was uh business happens over the phone Mm-hmm. And, and it made a lot of sense that, you know, that's the way if you can't connect with people face to face, um, video is still a kind of hit or a miss thing. We can still get enough context over the phone. Mm. Um, and I think back to even, even moments, you know, not too long ago where, you know, I was emailing back and forth with, with my dad, someone I know really well. Hmm. And we just completely lost context between each other and things were mis misunderstood. And if that can happen with someone, you know, really well, how much more can that happen with someone you don't know? So yep. hopping on the phone and having those, those real time conversations, I think are so beneficial. Yeah. No argument there. Absolutely. Much, much better. Um, I have a, a quick story to share on that point. Mm-hmm. I've been um, really, really active on LinkedIn lately. It's been mm-hmm. it's never been a platform that I clicked with uh, until maybe a year ago, and it's I don't know if it's getting yeah. better or I'm different, but it's uh, much more much more active, and I've mm-hmm. been finding. More so, more so ever than with Twitter. This is literally, I don't think this has ever happened with me. Maybe once on Twitter where I sort of struck up a, a, you know, you know, back and forth connection. I guess it's because Twitter is not, is sort of, you know, it's like. It's asynchronous. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's not like bi-directional, like where Facebook or LinkedIn, it's like both people have to accept. So that probably has something to do with it. But regardless, the, um, just, just every day connecting with a few more people who are friends of friends or friends of colleagues or colleagues of colleagues, you very quickly can, uh, it's just shocking to me how well it works to start a conversation there and how quickly it turns into a phone call. And, and it's not, Mm. it's not like, um, just the other day for, I'll just give you an example. Just the other day, I just randomly connecting with people and they would not randomly, but you know what I mean? Like just sure, connect, yeah, yeah. connect, connect, sort of blindly connecting with them. And then people who accept the connection, I'd say, Hey, thanks for connecting. I hope all's well. That's it. Mm-hmm. And you know, of the people who connect with me, 
probably 50% of them will be like, oh, things are great. How's it with you? And like now all of a sudden people who I've never met is sort of friends of mm-hmm. friends or even further out are, you know, they looked at my profile. They asked me a question. I look at their profile. I ask them a question. So this, this one guy's like, Hey, by the way, I'm a huge fan of, you know, another business of authority, another podcast I do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he was like, you know, you could really, you could, he's like, I'm not a developer. I know you focus on developers, but man, you could crush it in my space. And I was like, what's your space? And so you start talking mm-hmm. and I'm like, Hey, do you want to jump on a phone call? Cause this sounds super interesting. He's like, yeah, let's do it. So send him a Calendly link and had like a solid gold brain dump of an hour long phone call. Mm. Just like, I mean, I, I could almost spin up a whole new business based on what this, this, <laughs> you know, this nice guy who I've never met just right. told me about he's in a completely different kind of industry but he's like everything you say is like you're you're like right on target for this completely other thing mm-hmm. and it was you know just basically gave him the keys to the kingdom he's like here's what you would <laughs> listen to these are the books that everybody read everybody reads in this space this is what they care about these are the people who have the budgets i was like thanks <laughs> let me know wow, what i can do in return yeah seriously and but the the thing about it that i want to to point out is that in a million years, I could have never predicted that specific phone call. And Mm. I'm starting to get used to it now, but it still surprises me or pleasantly surprises me when people are just so uh, free with their time with really no no agenda, really. It's just they're people who just like meeting new people. I like it sounds, uh, perhaps that sounds crazy to half the audience, but it's true. And it's, it's, um, when I suggest to people that they do something like this, they they kind of want some sort of like, well, what should I say or what's going to happen mm-hmm. or what am I going to get out of it? And there's no there's no answer for that. You kind of have to trust that people like helping each other, but they they need to know like you need to kind of, you know, put the first foot forward, even if that just means clicking on a connect button in LinkedIn and then thanking yeah. them for connecting. So it's, it's really hard to predict when it's going to turn into something, but it doesn't take that Mm -hmm. much time and it's really beneficial. Oh, I I can't, I can't agree more. I, I think that, you know, if we dig into it, like you could probably make some argument about us being, you know, with all the technology and all the ways to stay connected, we tend to see people less and less, you know, face to face or have mm-hmm. actual conversations or actually reach out with anything meaningful. <laughs> um, so you know, I don't know, maybe there's some something in there, but I think ultimately the the point you, you said, um, oftentimes when you, you talk about this with other others, they want some sort of, I think you said they want some sort of like guarantee or right. like, kind of formula almost of yeah. how, how it will work and mm-hmm. then the value of the time spent. Yeah. And specifically to me, um, I think the more and more I've realized that if I put the value in just having the conversation and not trying to get, make a sale right. or not trying, not trying to specifically make a connection with someone who I can guarantee could possibly buy my services one day. Mm-hmm. If, if I kind of just do my best and sometimes it's hard to just kind of shove that fully aside and just say, you know what, I am, I'm just doing my best to meet new people and have more and be a little bit more human. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
that's when I've begun to see things really pay off for me. Right. Like you can see when you do it, there's a clear correlation, but Mm -hmm. it's like the the path is so organic and seemingly random that it's hard Mm -hmm. to, it's hard to create a projection for like how it's going to play out or, or even, you know, a a lot of sales, I I help a lot of people with their sales communications and their marketing communications. And there are, Mm -hmm. there's a certain structure to those things that you can help people with. But when it comes to these one-on-one connections, I find myself yeah. always, there's no pattern to the, 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 the conversations that end up cropping up from, you know, this LinkedIn outreach example that I'm using. It's always like, they're like, well, what should I say? I'm like, I don't know. Be interested in the person. Like, <laughs> go, go look at their profile and find something that you find fascinating and then ask them about it. Mm-hmm. And what do you mean? Look, I don't know how to explain to you to be curious, but, but, but that's kind of, as far as I can, that's the the best advice I can give is like, be interested in people, connect with interesting people. And in fact, I think, I think, uh, I want to say it's David A. Fields, who I I interviewed on another show. Uh, but he's the author of, uh, uh, the guide to winning clients. And it's a great book, super fun read. I completely, uh, completely recommend it. I think I picked it last week, but uh, one of the things he says is, is I hope it's him. I'm pretty sure I read it in that book that don't ask for referrals, ask for your clients to introduce you to interesting people. Hey, do you know anyone interesting I should talk to? Like, who could I talk to? Mm-hmm. Who's super interesting. And, and the kind of conversations that come out of that, he find he finds there's less pressure there because it doesn't feel like, you know, there's going to be a sale and, and perhaps to a listener who's listening to this advice, they might be thinking, well, well, I only want to talk to people who might be buyers. Well, that's a really selfish way to approach it. Yeah. So if you want to just talk, you know, if you, if you want to talk to interesting people, sort of surround yourself with interesting people and mm-hmm. just, you need to just trust that the more interesting people you have around you, the more likely it is you're going to end up with interesting clients, AKA clients you like. Yeah, totally. And, and I think that, you you add into that that when when you ask someone to introduce you to someone who might need your services like i mean you've talked on many podcasts this one and 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 others about the the difficulty that that question can can put in people's mind um like well i don't know if they they're going to need someone who does what you do you know um you know and then additionally i think you if you go into it wanting to make a sale, it's both, it's, it is selfish. Um, and it also, it, you, you skew the conversation towards wanting to get something than to really wanting to help someone. And that to me puts, uh, it puts a lot of pressure on, on both parties. And we as humans can just smell being sold to, yeah like from miles away, it seems like, and we're so adverse to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Force field the, goes up. That the minute, the minute that starts happening, it seems like people just shut down. <laughs> yeah. You have to put that aside. You really do. You know, at a certain point, sure. You know, after you've had a conversation, maybe you've, uh, uh, I mean, honestly, I, I, there's the, the sales term I think is the turn. And I just, don't do it. You know, I, I make it clear 
my approach is to make it 100% clear who I serve and what I help them with. Mm -hmm. And you, it would be to the, to the point where it's impossible to miss. So it happens to me frequently. I'm told, you know, one of the things I ask when somebody uh, becomes a student, they'll say, oh, do you remember where you heard of me? And they'll be like, yeah, mm -hmm. my friend Joe, I was complaining to my friend Joe about hourly, you know, about some hourly client not paying their invoice. And he grabbed me by the arm and pulled me over to the computer <laughs> and made me sign up for your mailing list. So, it, you know, if you... If you're clear about who you serve and what you help them with in your marketing and, and you know, it, you may do lots of things, but your marketing be focused down on this very specific, most valuable thing or this sort of the, right. the front door, so to speak, mm -hmm. not like the entire house, just like, here's the front door. When you walk in, this is what, you know, this is the, the first thing I want you to see. And, you know, for me, it's hourly billing is nuts or my mailing list or whatever, mm -hmm. but that that sort of prevents me from having to get into this, Hey, you know, like, Hey, well, you know, I do web development. Is there anything, any <laughs> web development stuff you need done? You know, it's like super vague and not tied to, you know, you're selling a skill and yeah. not, uh, not an outcome, like you said earlier. And avoiding that is, you don't have to do that if you're just super clear everywhere, like in your email signature and in your bio on social media sites and on your the headline mm -hmm. of your website. You know, I, I was on one today. It was a great website. It was just like huge headline right at the top. I help you get booked on podcasts or I help you get, <laughs> you know, featured in a magazine, you know, as a, you know, a publicist. Yeah. And she was like a hundred percent, a thousand percent clear about what she does and who she does it for and what results you can expect to get from working with her. It was great. Mm -hmm. It's great. And immediately burned in my head. If anybody was looking for anything like that, I would immediately send them there. Mm -hmm. And I also, you know, it's something that you've, you've said, I think, uh, you mentioned the, the business of authority. I think you guys had an episode on this, um, not too long ago where you talked about when you have something like that, that you're kind of focusing down on, this is the thing that I do and you kind of become known for that you almost stop selling yourself specifically and you more start selling this idea hmm. because you believe in it right um and and there's there's a difference in that too i think uh, when you when you you in your head can make that shift from oh i am you know i'm trying to sell myself as a as a web developer per se or you know, as, as opposed to, I think, you know, you know, for me specifically, I think if, if you talk to your customers more, you can get more sales like that. There's a, a shift in the way that you talk about that to yep. other people. I think, um, that in itself can come off as less salesy mm -hmm. and because if they don't need that thing, you're not trying to sell to them. Right. They're not really, it's not like they're rejecting you. They're just like, it, it's, it's like they're rejecting the idea or they don't need rejecting is the wrong word, but it's just not, it doesn't resonate with them. Yeah. It's not something they need right now. Maybe right. they'll need it later or, you know, I mean, however, mm -hmm. you know, I think depending on, depending on the thing, it can, maybe it may, it might feel a little bit more like a rejection. I don't know. But, um, but at the end of the day, I think you yourself can distance your, um, distance, put a little bit of space between the thing that you're providing and who you are. Mm -hmm. And there's an advantage in that 
as well, where it doesn't come off feeling like you're like you're selling. But ultimately, ultimately, man, it, I, I always think it, it really does come back down to talking with people, making those connections um, with really no strings attached or no, no agenda, no hope. Yeah. No agenda. That's a great way to say it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. No, right. No hope of a sale. Like mm-hmm. almost like and it, it is hard to, you know, especially if you're, if you're uh, in a crunch cash flow wise, mm-hmm. it's almost impossible. It's the worst time to do this because <laughs> right. I mean, you should always be doing it, but it's a bad time to do it when you're desperate for money. Cause you'll do almost anything. And it just the, the reek of desperation is just emanating from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as Blair Enns puts it. And it, it's like, uh, you almost have to tell yourself, this isn't a client. I will not sell this person anything. They're not a fit. If they ask me to buy something, I'll say no. You know, you really have to put it out of your mind. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that's what that's what I tell people to do in an actual sales conversation, for especially for like a big project, something that's going to be big, a big undertaking, mm-hmm. something that's urgent and risky for the client organization. It's a big deal for them and it would be a big project for you. I, I go into the sales meeting and suggest that people try to talk the client out of hiring them. Right. And if they can't do that, if they cannot talk the client out of hiring them, then what's just happened, the client has talked themselves into hiring you. So, you know, it, and if, or they don't, or you, you're, in other words, or you're, you're able to talk them out of hiring you, in which mm-hmm. case you've dodged a bullet because what you would have done for them, let's say, if you said, okay, I can do this, let's get started, a bill by the hour. Uh, if you could have talked them out of hiring you, but you guys engage anyway, then mm-hmm. probably they should have hired someone else. And the odds of you, you know, delivering cus- good customer satisfaction are going to be, odds are pretty low. So right. it's kind of like you might as well do this. And if you start doing it, you end up with projects that are, that are great because you're like, wow, I am a perfect for this. <laughs> like, wait a second, totally. what? I'm not interchangeable. This, I'm definitely the person who should be doing this. I click with this client. I get their needs and their what you know their goal is. I believe that I can move the needle for this on this dashboard that they're mm-hmm. trying to move. So it ends up with a better experience for everyone, uh, m- more likelihood of delivering higher value and having yeah. more fun along the way. Definitely. Yeah, I, I can't. I mean, I can't agree with that more. I think, um, I mean, so much of so much of. I feel like that's a that's a huge mantra for you, and as a someone who's listened to this show for a long time, and um, and several of your other shows, like, you know, yeah, <laughs> I'm not drum. surprised you're saying that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's something that I put in practice in my own business, and I think has helped me a lot because if if I'm just willing to go in just because I could help them, um, there's a good chance that there's someone out there that's cheaper. And if something goes wrong, like right away, things could go just bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, where yeah. it's like, well, I could have just hired someone cheaper to do it. And it's like, well, we should have had that conversation well before them of, of why I would be the better choice or, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a dangerous game to not, I think to, to go into it with a, the customer or the client convincing themselves that they are, um, they should hire you rather than you doing it for mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's wild. I mean, I recognize that it's hard for people to do, but it's, it's, uh, you know, you go to a website like clients from hell and you just get on the list and you're like, you yeah. shouldn't have taken, you know, these clients were a bad fit. That's why you're having a bad time, you know? Mm. So I'm not saying that there aren't horrible, like clients for whom no one is a good fit. Like those do exist. But I think by and large, when you hear those sorts of complaints, it's because it was just not a good fit. It, the, the relationship was not started on the right foot. There's like a lot of assumptions on both sides that were never uh, brought out in the open. And it's, it's like natural for the relationship to go awry in that situation. And then you throw hourly billing and arrears on top of it. And all of a sudden people are screaming about their invoices, not getting paid and like, Oh, these guys Mm -hmm. owe me a thousand dollars. So, well, cool. So we've been, we've been going for a while here. We should probably Mm -hmm. um, cut over to picks. Uh, But before we do that, where can people find out more about you online? Yeah, so the easiest place to um, just connect with me would be on LinkedIn. Um, I'm Josiah Mori on on LinkedIn, and um, if someone if people are interested in learning more about how to kind of think about the process of reaching out to their current clients, um, I do have an, a five day email course. Um, it's at customerinterviewcourse.com. It is geared towards e-commerce companies. Um, but there's a lot I think in there that would benefit freelancers. You know, a lot of it comes out of, uh, my learning itself. And if someone wanted to, you was going through the course and had questions about how to specifically apply it to their situation, I'd be happy. They can reply to any one of the emails and I'd be happy to have a conversation with them and and give advice where I could. Very good. Sounds great. All right, cool. Folks, we'll link to that in the show notes. Um, have you got any picks? Um, yeah, I have, I have, uh, two picks. Um, the first is, Recently, I got, um, you know, I've, I've consistently ran like a dual um, monitor setup, one with just my like laptop and then a, an external monitor on the side. And I recently switched to uh, took off the stand on that external monitor and put it on an arm. And the arm is just a I, I found one on Amazon called the like Oncron monitor desk mount. I don't know that it's anything like the brand is anything special, but I, it worked really well. Um, and being able to adjust the height of my monitor has been incredibly nice. <laughs> um, I never <laughs> noticed like how much, you know, either having, like I used to have my monitor propped up on books. So it was like kind of near the right eye level. Um, and just being able to move that depending on like where I'm sitting for the day or if I'm standing, um, and just move the monitor so that my, I'm either looking straight at it or maybe slightly up or whatever is comfortable for me has been so nice. It's, it's one of those things that, uh, I was kind of surprised how, how beneficial it, it felt. That's awesome. Um, and the, the second pick would be, um, about three months ago now I started, uh, you know, I mentioned my email list. I started, uh, doing this, you know, high frequency publication. Essentially I, I email my list every weekday. Um, and I think that 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 has really helped me, you know, grow in my expertise and and grow in just talking about the things that I'm doing. So, I I love it. I I'm a huge fan of it. Um, I know you are as well. Obviously, I'm on yeah. your email list and get your emails every day. Um, and just I but I've seen firsthand how that has benefited me. Um, both 
for the the clients I reach, but even more so just the expertise that I think it's built in me and just the way that I think about um, parts to my business and the parts to the ways I help my clients. Yeah. Plus one, obviously I'm a huge fan. It's, it's surprising the effect that it has, the educational effect it has on you as the sender. Right. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, cool. I've got a couple of picks. So, um, speaking of signups, I'm launching something called the pricing seminar in September and people can go to the pricing seminar.com to read more about that. It's all about how to stop billing and start pricing, which is a not, not the same thing, billing and pricing. <laughs> And that is, uh, that leads me to my second pick, which is a fancy new video camera that I got to record the videos for that, uh, seminar. And it's a Canon EOS, I think it's pronounced or EOS M50. And hmm. this is a, a, it's like a video studio in a box. It comes with like a boom, uh, sort of like a, not a boom, but a shotgun microphone that attaches to the top of it. It has autofocus. It has the back screen flips around so you can make sure you're in frame while you're sitting in front of it. Uh, it's got great depth of field. It streams the videos right to your phone. You can control it from your phone. It's like super cool, super modern, um, reasonably easy to use. I actually haven't used the the streaming the videos thing. I just pull out the the SD card and it fits right into the side of my Mac, which I didn't even ever never even noticed that port on my Mac. But sure enough, there it is. Uh, so super easy uh, to do a good job making good looking video um, for, you know, it's reasonably priced, I think, for a, um, a, an upper tier camera. Really nice. So uh, if you're planning on doing any kind of video and you're looking for a good camera, I can highly recommend it. All right. Uh, I guess that'll do it for this week. Thanks again for joining us. And I uh, hope you join us again next time on The Freelancer Show. Bye. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more.